Welcome to Ozark Coding Blitz podcast series from your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC, the show that brings you timely industry topics in the field of health information management, discussing coding tips, reimbursement challenges, and work-life balance. Join the Blitz every Monday. Hello, and welcome to the Ozark Coding Blitz podcast series. I am your host, Jennifer McNamara. Today is Monday. October 12th, 2020. We look forward to talking with you today, episode four, MDM still drives the bus. We hope you're enjoying this nice fall weather. It's October, isn't it? It's a beautiful time. I live in the Ozarks and it's beautiful outside. The leaves are changing. So wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather. We know that you're so excited, right? About these new guidelines. Or maybe you're not. I I don't know. I personally am very excited about them. I love evaluation and management, and I really love really getting into that risk table, and I love digging into the medical decision-making. That's my favorite part. Not many have that feeling, but I hope after today that it gives you a little more confidence in yourself, and you can feel more comfortable with digging into these guidelines. Really what we want to do today is we want to dig into those tables and we want to define those definitions. Those updated uh, wording is really helpful, isn't it? We understand now a little bit better about some of these terminologies that are on these tables that really help us grab that data and understand where, to, where it falls and where to level it. So we're going to look at some of those definitions. We also want to remind you too that this is about the office and other outpatient procedures uh, for the new guidelines. We're still going to have 95, 97 for our other code sets, like our hospital visits and other visits that are outside of that code set. So that would include, we're going to include the 99202s to fives and the 99212s to fives. 99201 has been deleted as we know, and 99211 doesn't carry any weight as far as leveling, does it? So I don't want you to fear or get worried. We're going to hopefully alleviate some of your, some of your problems and some of your questions. Uh, so let's look into some of these items here. So on the risk table, the MDM table, I keep calling it the risk table, right? It's the MDM table. And it is noted there for the twos. It's straightforward. And the threes are low. Let's start with those. Not a whole lot going on with the twos. We really just minimal one self-limited or minor problem. So what is a self-limited or minor problem? This would be a problem that runs a definitive course, a prescribed course, and very s- simple or minor in nature, and really not going to permanently alter their health status. So we're gonna, down the road, you're gonna see some more examples of that as more information comes out. Next, let's move along to our threes. A lot more information that we can pull now because we'll have that first column, the number and complexity of problems, and then we're also going to have the uh, data column, right, that we can pull information from. And how nice is it now that we have those categories? I love those categories. So for the 9203s and 13s, it's low for that problem. So two or more self-limited or minor problems, one chronic or stable chronic illness, and one acute uncomplicated injury. So let's define those really quickly. So we already defined the self-limited or minor, and a stable chronic illness is, of course, a problem that has an expected duration of at least one year, but it's stable, right? So for instance, uh, maybe you have a condition like diabetes or another chronic condition uh, that's not going to be uh, complicated or there's no complication to it. It's, uh, 
stable for the purposes of categorizing it by that individual. There's not a lot of treatment involved. Maybe you're already treating it and it's stable and you're not having any problems right now. So it hasn't become complicated yet. So the risk of morbidity without treatment is significant. Examples would include well-controlled hypertension, non-insulin dependent diabetes, cataracts, or benign prosthetic hyperplasia. So the risk is without treatment is significant. It is a chronic condition. They do have a risk without treating it, but because they're treating it, right, it's stable, isn't it? An acute uncomplicated illness or injury, an example would be a cystitis, allergic rhinitis, or a simple sprain. Now, it is an injury, right? So they are going to have to treat it in some way, but it's very self-limited or minor, um, but it's, maybe it's not resolving without a prescribed course. So they may have to ice, elevate for an ankle injury, for instance, or they, they may need to uh, give them some medication for their rhinitis, that inflammation for, for that to go away. So inflammation in, in general needs some kind of course of treatment, right, to decrease the inflammation. So that's an example of that. And then if we look over to our data to be reviewed, we remember, remember our data our data section, our section B on our original uh, MDM tables there. So that information is very similar still. We're gonna have categories now though. So we have category one or category two. Now category one, we can look at those tests and documents. So maybe it's an x-ray, maybe it's a lab. We're gonna look at those. So for instance, it mentions review um, of prior external notes from a, another unique source. So maybe someone outside of the clinic, maybe they brought in a test that they're reviewing with the patient uh, and it's from an outside source. They're gonna review that. Or maybe they review the results of a unique test that they performed previously. That could be a lab test. So for instance, a basic metabolic panel. That particular code includes different tests, but that one panel is a single unique test. And then maybe they're ordering a unique test. So they're either reviewing or ordering. So that can all be found in category one they have to have a combination of two of those for this level. Next, we have the category two, which is an assessment requiring an independent historian. So by definition, that would be someone other than the patient, a parent, a guardian, a spouse. They're gonna give a history in addition to what the patient's already provided, but maybe the patient's history isn't really as extensive as it could be, not as complete, it's not really reliable, so they need more information. Next, let's move to the threes. The threes give us a little more um, there on the risk table on the next section over there, the low risk of morbidity from additional diagnostic testing or treatment. So it's also important for us to understand the definition of risk, isn't it? So this, what is risk? Risk is the probability or consequences of an event. Plain and simple, right? So clinicians have been trained to apply common language like meanings such as high, medium, low, or minimal. So they're the ones that are qualified for that. So we're gonna have to learn a little bit as coders, right, about uh, that different risk elements and what they fall into. But for the most part, I think we're gonna, we're gonna really focus ourselves on those first two sections. We're gonna be seeing, looking at those uh, diagnoses um, that are, are addressed, and we're gonna look at those tests ordered. And then we're gonna have to use our clinical judgment as far as identifying it as low risk. We're gonna have to think outside the box just a little bit, but don't not to worry. Uh, I'll have additional training that will be coming out in January. Um, I'm sorry, 
and prior to that, we're going to start our course on evaluation and management specifically designed just for 2021 changes. And so we're going to have more examples for you. Uh, we're going to have some cases for you to review. And so it's going to be a really great course that I think you'll really enjoy coming late November, early December. Right before the new changes hit, you can get that started and really dig into some of those examples. Uh, so you'll have to use your clinical judgment, but of course, some of these examples will be helpful for you. When you move along into, of course, the fours, let's look at the fours. That's a lot more information now we're looking at. We have more to, to look at. And again, we're going to see some an additional terminologies we may have to review. For the diagnosis options, this is going to be one or more chronic illnesses with exacerbation now or progression, or two or more chron stable chronic illnesses, which we've already defined, one undiagnosed new problem, or an acute illness with systemic symptoms, or an acute, or acute complicated injury. So a little bit different than the previous section, right? So what do we see as far as that goes? So an undiagnosed new problem means it's a problem. Uh, maybe they looked at several things and they see a few things there, but they don't really know the true risk until they do more tests, right? So they need to do treatment. They have to do more treatment. So maybe it's a lump in the breast. They, that could have clinical significance. So if they don't do more testing, they won't know for sure. So it's an undiagnosed new problem. What is an acute illness with systemic symptoms? So for instance, definitions of self-limited or minor or acute uncomplicated would be a little bit different. Uh, systemic symptoms may not be general. They could be in a single system. They could refer to pyelonephritis, so something in the kidney, pneumonitis, something in the lungs, or colitis. So it's going to be some kind of problem or symptom that's affecting that entire system, their body system. So it is an acute illness with a systemic symptom. So that whatever illness that is, where it affects the body, there's also some other systemic symptoms that are involved there as well in that system. An acute complicated injury, another injury, but this time it's complicated. So examples of that would be a head injury with brief loss of consciousness. That's more complicated, isn't it? Complex more than an ankle sprain, isn't it? So we look at the differences between an uncomplicated injury like an ankle sprain versus a head injury with brief loss of consciousness. They're going to have to really monitor that patient to make sure that it doesn't progress. It could be more extensive if they do more testing and they may need to, they need to actually evaluate the risk to the patient in that instance. A chronic illness with severe exacerbation and progression. So there is severe exacerbation of that illness. There's going to be side effects of the treatment possibly, uh, and they may require hospital care if they're having that um, additional exacerbation. Next, let's move along to the next section there. I really like to look at that moderate section uh, for the categories. We have three categories now, so a lot of information to review. Some of it's going to be familiar to you. So this time in category one, we can we have to combine three of the following. So we have to look at, of course, prior external notes, review of results of a unique test. We can order a unique test. We can also assess required independent historian. So for an, an independent historian, um, that's if you're assessing um, something that requires independent historian. 
And that's different than the independent interpretation, which we're going to go into category two. So you have three of those options you can pick from category one, or you can jump right to category two. Category two is great. This is for those, those physicians who like to do their own interpretation of a test. So they can interpret a test um, that is performed by another physician and provide their own interpretation. And this is one that hasn't been separately reported already. So remember previously, same thing, we couldn't use an MRI that we ordered or reviewed and double dip and get it also for that interpretation. So it has to be not already separately reported. Now, the category three is a discussion of the management or test interpretation. So this is a discussion of the management or test with an external physician or other a QHP that is uh, providing, uh, being a providing source for us from a test that was not already reported. So we have three different categories. We understand the difference there. And we also want to understand documentation, don't we? What do they need to say? There is a really great statement that I like uh, that gives a little more information. So they just need to give us more than I perform my own interpretation. That's not really enough, right? We need more specifics, uh, more specific statements so we know exactly uh, what they interpreted, right? We need to know what they saw. That justifies that they gave their own interpretation, doesn't it? Now let's look at the risk. Now I like here now they actually give us examples for the fours and the fives. This is really helpful because we can, I like examples myself. So for the risk section, they give us examples of prescription drug management. They talk about decision to perform minor surgery with identified risks, decision for elective major without risks, and then so forth. So we need to understand those definitions, don't we? So let's look at some of those definitions. If you have your guidelines out, we can look at that. So prescription drug management, what do we think that is? So this is not just prescribing a medication, isn't it? It's uh, them managing that drug. Do they actually manage that prescription drug and is it necessary for it to be managed? An elective major surgery. So that's gonna be something that is planned, but it's major. It's got a 90 day global and they don't have to identify the risk factors in this instance for the moderate. And it also mentions diagnosis or treatment significantly limited by social determinants of health. Raise your hand, risk coders. I love it. Risk coders know what we're talking about here. Social determinants of health, SDOH. It's something that we understand is important to be documented. And according to our new ICD-10 guidelines for 2021, we also have that self-reporting option for the patient. So if the, if the provider brings that down into the note now, he grabs what the patient tells him and he signs off on it and agrees to put that in the note, we can use that as part of our moderate leveling for their risk because they have documented that this diagnosis or treatment is, of course, at risk because of these SDOH, these social determinants of health. So that's what we understand in that way. Now, a minor surgery with risks, that's going to be something with a zero or 10 day global. We understand that, don't we? Let's move to the fives. Now, the fives for the diagnosis options, one or more chronic illnesses with severe exacerbation. So they may require hospital treatment. They may have side effects of treatment. And one acute or chronic illness or injury that poses a threat to life or bodily function. So what is that? Well, an acute illness with systemic symptoms or an acute uncomplicated injury, excuse me, complicated injury, 
Um, this is going to be one with exacerbation or progression of side effects, like an acute myocardial infarction, pulmonary embolus, acute renal failure. Those are things that do pose a threat uh, to their life or bodily function. They could be acute or chronic, but they pose a threat to life or the function of the body. That is plain and simple, isn't it? Next, we move along to the categories. There's three categories again, very similar to previous, but it's extensive. We're going to have a lot more information. We have to have a combination of three of the following, as mentioned, in category one for the moderate, or category two is going to be an independent interpretation of tests, and it's, of course, there as well. And then we're going to have that same thing, that discussion of management options or test interpretation. It's there again. So we want to understand that that option there, we have to have at least two of the three categories listed for that. With the moderate, we only had to have one of the three categories listed. So we only had to pick one of those categories. But to get a high MDM, they're really going to make you work for it, providers. They're going to make you work for it. So you have to have two of the three categories. So category one might be a little easier to get. So you'll either have to discuss our management options with um, someone else, or you're going to have to interpret your own test that wasn't separately reported. So going to have to do a little more work, guys. And then the high risk of morbidity, they give us examples. Let's talk about the drug therapy requiring intensive monitoring for toxicity. So what does that mean? There are certain drugs, as we know, that require drug monitoring because of their toxic effects on the body. So it doesn't, it's not just any drug, right? There are certain drugs that there's a list out there, that constantly update lists out there. These are long-term intensive monitoring that require lab, maybe additional testing to monitor those drug levels. So we want to be careful when we're using this as our level, if we're going to use that item for our leveling process for that risk table, that we understand what that definition is. And then, of course, elective major surgery with risk. So this is going to be a planned major surgery, 90-day global, and they're going to give us those risk factors. So what risk factors do they document that tell us why they're at risk for this procedure? Another item there is, of course, um, that decision regarding emergency major surgery. That's an emergency and it's major. So it's not planned. It's an emergency. They have to go do it and it's a 90-day global. Decision regarding hospitalization and then decision not to resuscitate. That is, of course, definite high risk to the patient. So we want to understand these different items and definitions. So I encourage you to read through all of these things and, and learn how to pull these items from the list. And if you're interested in our upcoming course uh, for uh, the MDM and the time listed there for the upcoming guidelines, we encourage you to contact us. We're so excited for that. Once to again, help you with that. we thank you for joining us for our Ozark Coding Blitz podcast series. This was episode four. We look forward to having you join us next Monday for episode five on the wonderful world of auditing. We'll have our special guest, Kimberly Jolivet Williams. We're going to be talking about the auditing process, and we're going to talk about an upcoming event that you're not going to want to miss. I always say knowledge is power. Thank you for joining us, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Ozark Coding Blitz podcast series. This podcast has been brought to you by Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. Check us out every Monday, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. Join us next Monday for a brand new episode. Thank you for listening. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. 
From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Be sure to reference this podcast when you place your order.